Welcome to episode 77 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play episode 1 of Batman the Telltale Series. As always, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club, on our Instagram at leftbehindgameclub, and on Twitter at leftbehindclub. If you've listened to the show before and you like it, do us a favor and send it to a friend. If this is your first episode, we hope you like it. This is a five-part series that will continue through the month of February, so buckle up and enjoy. Bruce, you can't keep doing this. Step out of the shadows. Don't let tombstones be your family legacy. I know you're trying to create a myth. Just remember... There is room for Bruce and Batman inside that suit. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend joining us through the power of the internet is Mohammed Mertadi. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to talk about Batman. And here to talk about Batman as well is our own Bruce Wayne himself, Mr. Michael Ruffalo. I'm the Batman. <laughs> that was very good. You didn't yes. even have a voice modulator. <laughs> um, for real, though. For real. For real, for real. Today we are talking about Batman the Telltale series, developed and published by Telltale Games, uh, released on a ton of platforms, Windows, PS4, Xbox One, PS3, Xbox 360, iOS, Android, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, The first episode was released in August of 2016. Gentlemen, what did you know about this game before we started playing it? I knew that it was in the same style as all the other Telltales. Okay. Uh, I knew that um, it was part of the long cavalcade of uh, licensed Telltale games. Um, But aside from that, I didn't spend much time paying attention to it. I think I was more wrapped up in in, uh, other games that were coming out. And if uh, someone has never played a Telltale game before, can you just kind of name some of the other examples of games in the series of Telltale games that have come out? Yeah, so The Walking Dead, Uh um, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. The first season was amazing. Um, The Wolf Among Us, which is a game that we have also played on the podcast and I think we all enjoyed. Leftbehindgame.club if you want to check that out. There you go. Um, What else was there? They Um, did a Jurassic Park game. They did. They did a Back to the Future game. I feel like there was uh, they, one for everything. Like there, there's so many, but the biggest ones I think Mike got was The Walking Dead, and then there's The Wolf Among Us, which we've played, and then now there's I guess Batman. I don't know if I'll pop Guardians. It is. They did Borderlands. Like the Whoa, list goes right. on and on. I forgot they did a Borderlands one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tales of the Borderlands. So yeah. there you go. You I can re- check the wiki later. Yeah. Mo. Yeah. Um, I similar to Mike. I didn't really know much. I knew of The Wolf Among Us only because you guys kind of said let's play it. I've heard the term Telltale. It pops up in every Steam sale every single year um, for any of the games, but I just never knew exactly what it was. Um, so obviously with Batman though, everyone I guess knows Batman. So it was kind of the mix of the two. We had such a good kind of playthrough of the Wolf Among Us game, and then we found when you guys told me there's a Batman one, I, you had me at Batman. Like there's nothing else to kind of talk about. Yeah, and and I'm a huge fan of these these Telltale games. I think the quality did take a bit of a dip as the company uh, entered its last few years. But The Walking Dead season one is among probably my top ten favorite games of all time, uh, and I've been excited to play this one for a long time. So thank you for jumping into this one with me, boys. Yeah, I'm really excited that uh, it was a games with gold game. Didn't even have to didn't even have to purchase this one. It's nice when games are free. Mm-hmm. Mo, how did you play this one? Um, I played it on Xbox. So as maybe some of you guys know, um, my PC gaming life kind of abruptly halted when my motherboard kind of went down and I didn't have the patience to buy a new one. So I ran over to a local electronics store, picked up an Xbox One S, got that Xbox Live Game Pass shenanigans, played it on there with a controller this time where I played it on a keyboard and mouse with The Wolf Among Us. 
Okay. Uh, any difference in the way you play, or did you did you find any difference playing with a controller versus keyboard? Oh, okay. Really good thing that you brought that up because so <laughs> I, I have the uh, the Xbox One Elite controller where you can kind of toggle the triggers to go full distance or half distance. Mo's bougie over here. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. In this game, there's a lot of times we have to press the trigger and like an an A button or a B button. I for some reason I was getting my butt kicked by these random thugs because it wasn't triggering the right trigger and the A interaction, and it was because I had the the setting on half travel, whereas you have to do the full travel to get the actual interaction to beat up the thug. So oh. fun I, little fact. I give you a hard time, Mo. I call you bougie for that, but the exact same thing happened to me. Oh, <laughs> because, so you're both bougie. Yeah, because yeah, because yes. Um, and I think it was largely because Mo and I probably went from playing Call of Duty, where a half trigger pull is useful, ring a ding ding, Batman, where you can't. Um, That's exactly. And, it. Yeah, I failed. I failed on both both the first episode and second episode. Failed uh, quick time events because I had forgot to switch my controller back. Okay, so you two are bougie. Mm-hmm. I used a regular Xbox One controller, and I was fine. Mo, can you believe this peasant? Why do you do that to yourself? <laughs> uh, hey, if I had two hundred dollars to drop, I'd be dropping it I mean, on. Gets that. this game for free. Can't even get like a good controller to play it's it. It's not free, but I digress. Okay, fair. Um, we all know how I played on Xbox One as well, so we all played on Xbox One. But it was free on PlayStation at one point as well. Uh, so the options are uh, countless for people to check this game out. So um, if you had to describe Batman Telltale to someone who's never played a Telltale game before, how would you describe it? Um, I think I'd, I, if I was going to say anything, it'd be like a story-based game where there's a lot of those quick-time events where you're you're following, let's say, a fight, and it says press A, and you punch the thug, and it does an interaction. Um, it's s- similar to The Wolf Among Us, which is the only other one I've played. Very comic book graphic-like. Um, and I want to say, probably to me, it feels like one of the most underrated like gameplay styles I've ever played because I've never... I've never been one that kind of plays story games. You guys know I hate point and click walking simulators. That you just said that. Yeah, it's spinning. Yeah, it's just it's never been something I really like. But like Wolf Among Us, I, I really enjoyed it because like the story was great. There was some interaction, and this time you just added Batman. It's like the cherry on top of the sundae. Like you just <laughs> it just did it all for me. Mo, I feel like you've come so far. There was a, there was a point where you would only play a game if we put a gun in your hands, <laughs> and now you're like, oh man, this game where you don't even get to control the character and choose their choose their direct action yeah to be fair though to to be fair there is a grapple gun no spoiler alert um (laughs) but i I understand you know i definitely that's a thing that's one great thing about having like a the the game club that we have is we get to kind of experience games that maybe we wouldn't have played and in this situation for me it kind of it, it came out great i'm now enjoying these types of games which i've never would have kind of purchased even if they were free or even downloaded sorry you're gonna make me cry yeah, our baby boy is growing up. Yeah, um, I'm a real boy. S- speaking about growing up, uh, Mo, you live with a significant other. I live with a significant other. Um, what are you trying you, to say here, Jacob? I'm trying to put you in a box okay. to say you a single man. Uh, sorry about that. That was a little vicious. Uh, but did you play it in front of your girlfriend? And if so, did she contribute to your decision making in the game? Um, yes and no. So um, I, I put the the Xbox into like the office. Um, so I was playing most of the gameplay like where where I was, um, but there were like two specific like major decisions that we kind of went through where I kind of stopped, I pondered it, and I was like, I need a second opinion, and I kind of went over to her and kind of went through like, this is what's going on, this is the backstory, what should I do, and we kind of tossed around that idea and then I made the decision. So yeah, I, we kind of played it somewhat together, but just in those two big decision moments. Now this is a bit of a leading question, and it goes into my my next question, but. Um, did one did Steph know about the Batman universe uh, when you were talking about these decisions? And what is your experience, gentlemen, uh, with the Batman universe? I have fond memories of the Tim Burton movies as a kid, mm-hmm. and then um, I'm blanking on who directed the Michael Keaton Batman's, but I, re- I remember that one as well. Um, Batman the animated series yep. was. Maybe the most impactful cartoon as Paul a kid. Paul Dini, is that who did that? I think so. Maybe. I think he's the showrunner. Go yeah. on. Um, Batman was a huge part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Loved him. Uh, but, you know, after that, uh, didn't didn't connect with it so, so much. I mean, who doesn't love the, the modern Nolan films? Um, but, yeah, I, it you know, 
I felt like I had a good sense of the cast of characters until I hopped into this game. You know, I streamed my playthrough live on Twitch and had some community members come through and and friends of the show, um, you know, watch and, and play along. And there are some turns in this game, boys, yep. that I was not expecting mm-hmm. in the, the, the canon. You know, you expect the story to go a certain way. You expect some setups to always be the same. There's always a man. There's always a lighthouse mm-hmm. type situation. That's not quite the case in this Batman universe. No, and, and I think we'll get into that, especially in episode, the end of episode one and the beginning of episode two. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm a huge Batman fan. Like I said, the animated series, like Kevin Conroy is my Batman. Oh, Christian, Christian yeah. Bale is not my Batman. When like, you said, right. when, when Mike said Christian Bale, I'm like, do you not know Kevin? Mr. Conroy? He he is Batman. Like Batman's a character, but he is the actual physical Batman in real life. And Even he though he voiced. only voiced it? Yes. Yes, <laughs> okay. absolutely. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. And I mean, here. he voiced Batman in the uh, WB Arkham series. So, like, if you've played the Arkham City, Arkham Origins, Arkham Knight, or Arkham Asylum games, uh, he's the voice. Actually, not in Origins, but in, in the three main ones, he was. He's my Batman. I know a lot Mark about Mark Hamill's the, your Joker. Mark Hamill is my Joker. Without a doubt. Uh, and I know a lot about the cast of characters in this series, um, and it was especially top of mind because I just watched Joker, which is a terrible film. But like, <laughs> uh, we're we're a, a video game podcast about positivity, so I won't go into my Joker diatribes today. Mo, what did you know about the Batman series before you came into this one? Um, I think I'm closer to your background in terms of Batman. I've I grew up watching the cartoons, uh, Justice League. Um, all the Batman uh, animated series, the movies. I watched a little bit of Gotham, um, which is the the story of like I guess wow. when I was younger. So I feel like I have a good grasp of it. I wouldn't say I'm like a super mega fan. Like I'm not lining up for anything. I'm not getting anything signed. But like if there's something Batman involved, I already have my general interest. I'm not gonna kind of be indifferent towards it. I mean, Kevin Conroy, I'm sure, would sign both of our chests, but yeah. beyond that, probably not, right? But exactly, exactly. Well, okay. fun fact, uh, speaking of Kevin Conroy, the, the voice actor, I when this game was booted up, I was like, had my fingers crossed. Like, I was like, come on, please, just let me hear his voice. And it wasn't him in the, the game, and I was like, ah, uh, okay, we'll make this work, I guess. But it was a slight disappointment that I didn't hear my man, Mr. Conroy. Before we get into the actual game itself, um, I kind of want to get into your mind spaces about how you might have played your Bruce Wayne slash Batman, Uh, because as people know, uh, if you listen to our Wolf Among Us episodes, I may and Detroit Become Human like go Big Bad Wolf sometimes. Uh, so I think it's fair to, to talk about how we were going to play this character before we start talking about it. Yeah. So how I came into it was I wanted to be completely neutral because i do i still i know a little bit of the background of most of the characters um there's already an initial kind of assumption that this guy's bad this girl's bad this person's good and so on but i said you know what no i am bruce wayne in the moment where he is where he just knows these people as he meets them and i'm going to behave how i would if i was the vigilante trying to be my own person so when i started i said you know what no assumptions, nothing. If this person's being nice, I'll be nice to him. If he's being shady, I'll read his body language or his voice acting and kind of figure out what to do from there. And that was what I decided to do moving in. That way I can kind of almost be the character or kind of evolve and see how my decisions change in the end. Because who knows? Maybe in the end I become ruthless just like Batman. That's what I did. I, 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 I see where you're coming from, Mo. I think Jacob, correct me if I'm wrong. You're kind of asking the question, is uh, the real Batman... Uh, Bruce Wayne or uh, Batman? Which one is is the costume? Which one is the cloak? Um, how did you play it? Uh, so I was actually just thinking about it in like D&D alignment terms. Uh, yes. Where okay. I'm like, chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yes. So I, I thought at first that I'd be a chaotic good, but like actually I'm probably more of a chaotic neutral. I think you're probably chaotic evil. You think Based so? Based on your big bad wolf? Holy smokes. That's like the one in the bottom right corner that's like actually bad. You like to see the world burn. Well, couldn't I be a lawful evil? You you could be a lawful evil, I guess. You guys are see, nerding out way too much right I've got, I've my, got a my D&D thought. campaign that starts this Saturday. Let's you, get it. Let's talk about D&D later. Okay. Um, chaotic, good, I thought. Just because, like, I'm righteous, but, like, I'm not afraid to break a few bones. Okay. Yeah, okay. All that's, right. That's where I was going. I think that it. makes sense. What do you think? Um, I tried to play the Batman that was expressed when I wasn't controlling the dialogue. 
mm-hmm. right? So, you know, when you, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion and stuff that happens in the game before you get a decision. Um, and the character naturally emerges. So I tried to play it as if the character that was, you know, already speaking was speaking consistently and congruently with the person they had expressed previously. With that said, um, I came into this with the prejudice of uh, Bruce Wayne being the disguise and Batman being the real person. Okay. Um, Interesting. But at the end of the day, trying to find the solution that is the most diplomatic without, you know, tilting my hand and letting you know what choices I made. Okay. Okay. So with that, should we go in to talk about maybe what this game looks like and sounds like before we go into the story? It of the looks game? glitchy. Yeah. Yeah. This game has some technical issues. Oh man. Uh there was this moment in uh in an episode where a character's hair didn't load in. And it was I tweeted that. Did you? Because yeah. I've got a screenshot. I was gonna tweet it too, but I didn't realize you already beat me to it. I beat you to it. Okay. Um yeah, character's hair didn't load in and it was just this smiling like The mayor's receptionist. Yes, right? that yeah, was yeah. exactly it. And then earlier uh there were periods where the lighting wasn't rendering properly on like someone's suit jacket as yeah, they were Yeah, I have a video of that too. Okay. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne's back, like the shadows are all pixelated. And I'm really confused by it because I could understand that being an issue if I played on older hardware, but I'm mm-hmm. playing on the Xbox One X, yeah. the most you know powerful game console mm-hmm. in the world Can right I now. Can I make a hypothesis? Hit me. So the Telltale tool... Um, seems to be like Telltale's downfall. Yes. The the thing that gave them immeasurable power and success at the beginning. Scale. But then it was something that as they tried to scale up, it was kind of bit them in the butt, especially when they went, went to new consoles. Uh, they had said, hey, we're going to consider Unreal or Unity before the company went under. But like, I think that that system is what ultimately was like caused their demise. Like, I don't want to go and speculate. A lot of people lost their jobs, but like this tool was probably a crutch and a, uh, like a good and bad. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It's got a comic book aesthetic. The art looks great, but there are some technical issues. I think is kind of what we're saying. Did you guys notice um, Lieutenant Gordon's little cigarette? That was kind of always a white stream of smoke. At one point I knew it was a glitch, but I still kind of was like, you know what? It's an effect. It's a nice, <laughs> strange, white smog, smog of smoke. When you couldn't see through it at all, and it was no. just like yeah, a it was thick just cloud. Yeah. Yes. Um, the There's also, I don't know if you saw in the main menu, there's, I think, a shadow mode or something like that. Yes. Where you can play the entire game, I think, in black and white. In like a film noir style. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what that was. I, that's, so it's the exact same game, just different visual. Yeah. I wasn't going to pay the seven bucks to unlock that. Yeah, four ninety nine US. What the hell? I mean, I'll just drop the the saturation on my TV down to nothing and <laughs> go from there. Pretend like you're in Sin City. Yeah, yeah. Um, sound fine. Fine. Voice acting was hit or miss. The visual glitches took stole the show. Mm-hmm. So why don't we get into the story of this game then? Let's do it, Mo. Why don't you run us through the first section of the game where you kind of learn to play? Yeah. So it's essentially um, you're dropping as Batman and you're you're noticing that there's some kind of heist at city hall where the current mayor Hamilton Hill is being robbed by some thugs. Um, you learn the interactions, how to do this uh, quick action events, quick time events, and you meet the first, I guess, main ish character, which is Catwoman, And she's kind of in the middle of stealing an item from Hamilton Hill. Um, you in this little debacle kind of take that item from her. And eventually I guess, I don't. Like, that's pretty much it. I don't. Know. There's just a little bit of a fight that ensues, and then you eventually split off in your each ways, and you show up at your uh, house where there's a giant party for the current mayor elect. I might have messed Harvey that up. Harvey Dent. Yeah. Or or the the one of the two mayoral candidates. Yeah, mayoral candidate. Mayor elect would mean he was elected, whereas this is the new candidate, Harvey Dent, who's trying to beat Hamilton Hill. And in very typical Bruce Wayne, Harvey Dent fashion. Uh, Bruce wants to not have to be Batman and sees Harvey as his solution. Mm -hmm. And that's the dynamic that I played between them. I, at every point where you got to choose how does, how does Bruce deal with Harvey here? Um, He was my light in the dark. He is someone who I would sacrifice a lot for to make happen. 
even though I know he becomes two-faced. Well, that's the <gasps> thing. That's the one thing. Like, did, did Jacob, did you kind of go in there saying, no, he's two-faced? Well, he's eventually maybe going to be two-faced, um, which is what happens all the time in, like, the story. But um, what did so, you, how did so you deal with him? My thought with here was that it's a telltale game. So, like, maybe I can actually save Harvey from becoming two-faced because I'm, I knew there was going to be some binary where, like, hey... If you do this, this happens. So like maybe if, I could pick to align myself with Harvey instead of some other third right, party. Like if you do a pure Harvey run, you save him from being two-faced. Yeah. So I think what I wanted to be is best buddies with him so that I could prevent him from becoming the big bad wolf who is two-faced. And I kind of did something similar. I, I I looked at him as like, you know what? He actually wants to save the city. And one thing I did, guys, brace yourselves. I know you guys are seated, but just in case you weren't, I'd want you to be sitting down. I read the logs in the computer files. I don't Stop believe it. it. Stop right now. I, I You're swear. literate? Who I, are you? I needed help with like a voice. Uh, what's it called? helper but at the same time no i did read it it was um and the reason why i did was because i wanted to see like the information that batman or bruce wayne has on each character and where that like ground level is like where they are are they bad is there some deception and with harvey it's his i can't remember exactly what the wording but it's essentially like he's trying to do good he always has like whatever in mind we're trying to help him out like there was no negativity on his end yeah, because at this point, he's the district attorney of Gotham, yeah. and I think it's fair to say that this is very early in Batman's kind of journey, right? Yeah. Yeah, like the first probably year of his journey as Something Batman, like that. Yeah, if you had it, to guess. It's, it's pretty clear that Alfred's like, hey, you know, you don't have to do this. It's still early enough where he thinks he could probably get in his head and convince him to stop. Yeah. And he's not saying like, hey, you're too old for this. He's mm-hmm. not saying like, you've been doing this for too long. It's like, hey. Yeah. It's not like Maybe. the beginning of Batman Beyond or the third Nolan movie where they're like, you're kind of old for this, yes. aren't you, Sonny? And w- so with that being said, you meet Harvey Dent, you kind of talk to him, and it's the fundraiser at your house. And as this goes along, the big bad Carmine Falcone, the leader of the big mob in the, in Gotham, shows up to your house and everyone's kind of shook. Like, oh my God, this is like the mob boss. Like, why is he here aligning himself with Harvey? Why is he here with Bruce? And I think this kind of leads to the one big decision. So really quickly, he essentially invites... Uh, Falcone says, let's go talk. And he invites you, Bruce Wayne, to talk to him in a closed room. Harvey tries to stumble in and Carmine's like, no, I don't want him here. This is just between me and you, Bruce. And that's when you get the first kind of major decision. Do you let Harvey come into the meeting or do you kick him out and talk to Falcone alone to kind of figure out what's going on there? Yeah, um, and, and I think it's fair to say that each game is kind of split up into maybe six different scenes. And then within that episode, usually you have five major decisions yeah. that you hear about after the fact. And usually these decisions are binary but there are some that are like they give you three options um gentlemen did you let uh, harvey into the meeting or not of course of course harvey's my man i'm playing a pure harvey run yep yeah no? i i did the same thing i defied falcone and invited harvey into the meeting but, but but also just because like screw you falcone mm-hmm. but that's the thing no but at the same time that's the one person where i kind of like they explain that he's the head of a of mafia he um he's a bad guy the people don't like him so with that information even though i know carmine falcone is a bad guy i said no right now in the current storyline he is a bad guy so it agrees with what i know screw him bring harvey in let's kind of go from there harvey's the one i want to prevent becoming two-faced yeah, and I same, I let Carmine in, but like even from the start, I'm like, Carmine, you're a bad dude, and I don't want you in my house. So like I was very on edge with him throughout the whole thing. But same. it didn't matter because everyone at the party saw you talking to Car- Carmine Falcone. Did you shake his hand? Nah, screw that. Get away from me. You're dirty. No, you I, didn't, I didn't shake his hand either. I didn't either. Yeah. And then it still doesn't it still doesn't, it doesn't give matter. Me the props for not shaking his hand later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And I thought that was going to be a thing cuz everyone was looking before they tell you do you shake his hand or not? And I was yeah. like everyone's even if no one was looking, I still like wouldn't cuz someone's obviously going to be cre- creeping and seeing like there's going to be a reporter yeah. or something. So, yeah. I, I ditched him and nothing happened after that, it seems, so far. I wish there was an option to spit in your hand and then <laughs> shake his hand, but there was not, so I guess I'm screwed in there, that respect. There is a uh, recap news story that happens after after you make this decision where uh, they, they sh- essentially light you up for having Falcone be at your party. 
and they show the clip of your decision and the 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 news anchor explaining this doesn't even highlight the fact that you didn't like shake his hand and i was like this is so stupid like this game should adapt to the fact that i seriously burned falcone so you're seeing that the the media is already against us <laughs> that's fake news everywhere oh boy so essentially what happens next is you're giving it, you go back to your back computer, you're collecting all of this information and you get a card, um, from Alfred saying you have to go to a park at 6 a.m. and it's signed Oz. And that's when you come to learn that Oswald Cobblepot was Bruce Wayne's friend growing up and you haven't seen him in about 20 years. He's been off in England making a name for himself, doing maybe some bad things, being a crime boss. And you go to this park to kind of connect with him and see like, what he's up to and kind of go in. Now, you guys know Oswald Cobblepot before this, or did you just read that name and thought it was a random character? I mean, I knew Danny DeVito as the <laughs> Penguin, as Cobblepot, the rich, wealthy. You know, I know Cobblepot from other versions of the Batman universe. Definitely not every version of the Batman universe. But I really like this little twist. I like the twist that they were like good friends as chi- as children there's been some time away i think it's kind of hokey that he comes back with an english accent um and it's not even a posh english accent <laughs> considering that he would have come from wealth um but i i thought it was a really cool little take on this it's another kind of take on cobblepot like if, if you haven't seen the gotham series oswald cobblepot's in that as well and they do something completely different there in terms of like his personality the way he moves because like like with you mike i i remember danny devito small school like mob boss ruthless penguin penguin um literally eating fish yeah <laughs> and this one is kind of like he's like a sly mob boss kind of thing and you're kind of learning like what's going on with him but when i met him i kind of the same thing i did with harvey i know in all the other batman series it's penguin but even if it is penguin how can i kind of write the ship and see if i can like make him an ally or maybe reduce his crime in the future or whatever it may be yeah i was a little bit more defensive with myself around oz because uh, I, I didn't know if I could save him as much. Like, I, I'm like, oh, all I know for Penguin is he's a bad dude. So, like, I'm going to maintain my distance because it'll probably come back to bite me if I'm nice to him. And we'll see if it does or not. Um, so you meet Oz at the park and he helps you escape a fight. Yeah, essentially, you get almost get mugged by someone. And he helps you fight these, like, b- bums on the street, I guess. Um, and once that happens, he kind of tells you, like, you kind of learn, okay, his family came from wealth, they were close with uh, Bruce Wayne's family, but he kind of, they lost all their money, he became, went into the gutter kind of thing, and while, while Bruce still kind of kept his wealth and his prestige, and Oz kind of says, you know what, I'm going to make a revolution, I'm going to make Gotham better again, I'm going to take out the bad guys, like, please don't get in my way, Bruce, I know you're part of the elite, but I'm going to do it, and there's nothing you can do. So he kind of leaves from there. Um... Did you guys have anything to take in from there? I kind of was like, man, like, what's your problem? Like, we could be boys. Do you need a check? I thought the idea of a billionaire just hanging out in a rundown park uh, with with, uh, homeless people everywhere was, like, kind of ludicrous. Um, But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Aside from that, I looked at graffiti. Exactly. I was sold on the fact that... One, it's not just any billionaire. It's Batman. You can, like, punch through walls. Um, and then he was meeting his longtime friend. He said that location, which was the family park. Like, it was named after the cobble pots. So, like, it was more so, like, I, those small little pieces of information. I was like, I'm okay with him coming in the middle of the night because what's going to happen to him? And two, he's meeting a longtime friend at his family park. It wasn't as fishy as just some random park in, like, Gotham. Yeah, I, I really appreciate how they set up this Batman universe to be very different in some ways than the other Batman universes that are out there. Um, and this Oswald Cobblepot twist is probably one of the better parts of it. Yeah. Uh, after the park is the press conference, right? Yeah. And that's the press conference kind of pops up where you're with Harvey and what is, you're announcing the new hospital that helps people with like, it's Martha I guess and Thomas Wayne Memorial. Yeah. And the replacement Arkham Asylum. Exactly. Where they help people rather than just imprison them and kind of torture them or whatever it may be. This is kind of Harvey's, one of his main solutions is we're going to destroy Arkham Asylum and we're going to put up the the new hospital to help people who are mentally insane or deemed mm-hmm. to be mentally insane. I gave I gave a nice quote during the press conference that, you know, this is how we solve the problems. It's not by Batman fighting in the night, yeah. beating up the mentally uh mentally ill 
Uh, but instead, you you give them care and attention, and then you know they went and bit me in the butt later. Yeah, and I I mean Bruce uh, does get a warning from Alfred on his phone, which was cool to kind of see that text message stuff. Yeah. Uh, Alfred knows how to use a well text. Done. Yeah, Alfred knows how to use a phone. <laughs> Who'd have thought? He must have one of those big button phones. Yes, yes. Um, but wait, 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 wait. To, to be fair, <laughs> dude, he calls in like the Batmobile and like space equipment. I'm sure he could use a cell phone. <laughs> like, let's give him more <laughs> more benefit, man. He's not just I mean, some those, old guy. He's Alfred. That keyboard in the Batcave is, is very big. Yeah. So he probably needs an uh, appropriately sized phone to text message. But I'll, I digress. I will not stand for ish talk on Alfred. I will not stand for it. <laughs> So there you get questioned about the Falcone thing at your party. So it comes to screw you. a massive leak. Yeah. It's a massive leak and all of these documents, uh, which apparently are very tenuous, tie uh, your family, the Wayne and their, the Waynes and their fortune to uh, the mob boss, uh, Carmine Falcone, which just happens to be really coincidental timing. Yeah, and it's very uh, confrontational too. Like the reporter kind of stands up and goes, "Like, what? Are, like, what's the news on your family being responsible for all these crimes in Gotham?" And Bruce is like, "There's no way." Well, that, that's how I kind of took it. When I was given the option, like, do you deny I it? Do you say? Um, I kept the very skeptical. Like, I was very skeptical. I'm like, I don't know where that information comes from. Like, that's probably not us. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I kind of tried to dismiss it as much as I can. Yeah. So after the press conference, that's when things start to go downhill. Where you go back to Wayne Manor and Lieutenant Gordon. Uh, who is uh, a large figure, a very prominent figure in the Batman universe, shows up at your house with a, not a subpoena, but like a... A um, warrant. Yeah, a warrant to go through and take anything related to Wayne Enterprises. So they go through the house and just ransack the house. Yeah, and then I did the same thing with my how I treated that. I know Gordon was like a good guy, and I said, take what you want, um, whatever you need, I'll be out of your way very, like, do what you need to do, and like, let me kind of stay out of this. And... Pretty much, I'm innocent, my family's innocent, no one's bad, the Waynes are all true and proper, that's kind of how I kept the ship going. Mm. See, I, I think I played that more, uh, like, you know, this is nonsense, like, you don't need to take all of this stuff, oh. Alfred, make sure that you keep this to a minimum and they only take the stuff they need. And then the thing running through my head this whole time is like, how does this get issued without it crossing Harvey's desk? So I was like, oh, is Harvey two-faced or is he actually on my team? And, you know, you end up finding out in the, in the near near future that it it wasn't Harvey um, and that it came straight from the desk of Mayor Hill. Yeah. And I, I don't got, know I, if that's legally possible, but whatever. Let's <laughs> let's let's accept it. Michael, are you a lawyer? I'm not yet. Well, that, I was kind of the same way. This at that at that situation, I was kind of convinced that it could this could be the moment where I, we see Two Face become Two Face. But at the same time, I still kind of kept telling myself, "No, it's Harvey. He's the man. We're gonna make him mayor, and we're gonna change the city, and I won't have to be Batman anymore." Kind of thing. Yeah, and, and before the second choice, which is the Vicky Vale choice, um, the. Um the coolest moment of this whole episode for me was when one of the officers knocks over a picture frame and it's the picture frame of Thomas and Martha Wayne with their young son, Bruce Wayne. And it's cracked when he picks it up and that causes Bruce to have a flashback, but it's all done in the shadows behind him of the classic Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne getting shot and then like shot and the pearls get pulled off her neck in very classic Batman fashion. I was like, cool. You did that in the coolest way you could have done it without being like overdone. I immediately turned to chat and said like, wow, this is actually really well directed. Yep. Chef's kiss on that. For specifically. real. Specifically. Yeah. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was, I, I enjoyed it almost throughout. Like up to this point, I'm like, okay, I'm in the Batman universe. We're dealing with Harvey. We're dealing with Catwoman. We're dealing with a weird Oswald Cobblepot, but I'll take it for now. And kind of <laughs> moved in from there. So after the, uh, I guess the Wayne Manor warrant investigation slash search and seizure, you're angry, essentially, and you say, I need to talk to Harvey. The second choice in the game happens here in Wayne Manor when Vicky Vale just, like, breaks into your house, or it, well, the door's open, yeah. and she just walks right in. Like She's she, got the nose for a scoop. Yeah, so she walks in, and she asks, are you going to give a quote about the situation, or are you going to stay silent? And I know that in this case, the three of us did the exact same thing again, which was provide a quote, right? Of course. Got to control the story. Mm-hmm. Control the spin. Yeah, which the quote I'm sure for us might have been different, but we gave a quote regardless. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I gave a very like unequivocal 
you know, there's no truth in this, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So you go right from Vicky to a cafe to meet with Harvey because you're mad. And as you've speculated, Mike, uh, Harvey may or may not have known about this. And that's when we find out exactly what happened here, which yeah. was it went right over his head and it was Hamilton Hill that decided to sign off on this uh, warrant. And yeah. is that also the moment where you find a young Selena Kyle mm-hmm. that's that's joining him at the table? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that that's is the moment. That's exactly it. Because when you show up to like the lunch, which is outdoors, like in public, it's uh, you see uh, the young lady with a black eye. And at first, I actually didn't realize it was Catwoman until I heard the name. And having that Batman kind of backlog knowledge, I'm like Selena Kyle. That's Catwoman. So yeah, she's dating Harvey Dent, and you're kind of making like eye contact, saying. I gave you that black eye when I punched you in the face, and you're like, she's and, like, oh and yeah. Then adding the extra layer of Selena Kyle being Carmine Falcone's daughter. Stop! Oh. What? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, like in the fiction. Yeah, well, I think it's 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 not a hundred percent confirmed, but I that was definitely something that I found like stumbling across deep uh, fan wikis. Wow, um, you did your homework. I so one of my favorite things to do is to dive deep into a flake a fiction, a lore, mm-hmm. and uh, don't ask me to talk about Yaddle, the the, the female version of Yoda, um, oh, and all the really weird parts of the Star Wars universe, because I can. <laughs> and uh, the same thing for Batman, and, you know, there's so many versions of it, and I know that um, Selena Kyle is, um, in a couple of them, considered Carmine Falcone's daughter. Who's your favorite obscure Batman villain? Mine is Firefly. I don't think I know Firefly. Yeah, look it up. Okay. Calendar Man? That Calendar Man. <laughs> I like the holiday I've, I've never oh. heard the She's Selena Kyle. I've never heard the Selena Kyle Carmine Falcone connection. That's. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know that at all. All I knew is it's just Catwoman, like the rebel, orphan, whatever it may be, like learn how to steal. Yeah. That's kind of I, I mean, I didn't want to throw anything off the rails, but I just wanted to point out look at all the the different threads and how they overlap so then selena's sitting there with harvey you notice the black eye she notices your chin it becomes she scratched that she scratched and there's a very clear like ah we have both seen through each other's disguises and the tension is palpable yes and so there's some uh one of my favorite i think dialogue exchanges where you're like asking her probing questions about like, so what do you do for work? <laughs> like what brings you to Gotham? Uh, because this whole time your only experience with her is as a thief that you've been trying to stop. And yeah. when you save her life, she then attacks you and, and escapes. Mm-hmm. So she is just a gigantic mystery. And you see this as a perfect opportunity to get more info. Yeah, what did you guys do there? Well, even when she said, like, he said, what do you do? And she's like, ah, you know, high risk, high reward type work. I'm like, what does that mean? What do you do? <laughs> Um, I played it cool. I was like, I'm not going to let Harvey realize I'm going to like keep my distance from Selena because you're a bad, bad woman. Um, and that's kind of how I, how I dealt with Selena. Well, I, I did something kind of similar, but it was mostly like we both had information that we didn't want to get out. I, AKA Bruce Wayne as Batman, Selena Kyle as Catwoman. So all of my questions to her were very non-confrontational and like kind of like, Oh, nice to meet you. Like, what are you, what not, what are you doing right now for work kind of thing? I think I picked the less aggressive, least aggressive thing to say and kind of tried to emphasize the fact that like, I want to try to help you at this point. Like she obviously identifies that she's in like some serious trouble because we, we stole that little USB information pod from her when initially in that first scene when she was robbing the, the mayor's office. So I kept it very civil and tried to kind of, I told, obviously we both knew each other, but we're on the same team. Let me help you if I can. Like, let me get some information. But I didn't want to, like, instigate anything. Yeah. And she essentially goes into the fact that, like, you screwed me on this deal. Like, she was supposed to get paid for pulling that, like, hard drive out of Mayor Hill's office. And essentially, you have ruined her relationship with her client. And now they really want to get her. So that's when she hands you a piece of paper and says, like, hey, you need to take care of this for me. Uh, go to my meeting that, oh yeah, I'm 10 minutes late for, you should go as Batman and help me out. Thanks. So you go to that meeting, which is at a warehouse and boy, it's a bad scene. 
Yeah, essentially, you when you get that lead, she's like, you go meet the person I was supposed to meet with, and I was supposed to be there 10 minutes ago, so you're late, essentially. Um, sure enough, you get there eventually. I think you go at nighttime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's in, as soon as you walk in, it's a giant warehouse where there's definitely was an explosion of some kind, and there's just dead bodies everywhere from, like, grunt soldiers to police officers that are all bloody and, like, messed up. And you go into, like, Batman detective mode, essentially. I think for the first time in the game. Yes. Yeah, this sucks. You thought it sucked? I yeah. thought it was really clever. I thought the, it was well done. I mean, the actual, like, linking of, like, gameplay mechanics-wise, I it always bugged me. Because I'm like, oh, I have to hmm. walk all the way over here and hit this button, walk all the way over here and link. I just wish there was almost a menu that was like, here's this menu uh, of items that I've already looked at, and I can just link them very quickly. I it was thought, clunky. That's I, all I'm saying. I thought it was fine. I thought it was well done. A nice little change of pace from from the typical. I also liked that it's not just like, oh, you have one option and you need to tie it to the second option. It's like you could put the wrong things together um, and you do have to link the right clues together to find, you know, the result you're looking for. Yeah, and then Batman is a detective. He pieces things together. So, like, I feel like if they, if almost they didn't do something like this, it would kind of be a disservice to, like, what he does. He kind of solves crime. He tries to figure out what's going on. But, Jacob, you do have a point. At some points, it does get clunky because you're kind of limited with, like, the telltale mechanics of walking around from one perspective. And there are limited options to, like, connect. But I'm with Mike. I I really liked it, and I thought it was a nice change of pace of a telltale game. And um, it, it was pretty cool, especially just because, like, it was also super gruesome. So it was, like, a shock to the system, kind of like, holy, here we go. This is an actual, like, not a not a rated G game. This is, or sorry, rated E game. This is um, yeah. a serious crime where people are being murdered, like, outright. Yeah, because I think this is an, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is an M-rated title. That makes sense. There's a guy that gets shot in the head, like, point blank. Right at the beginning. Like, not even 30 seconds into the game. Yeah. Um, I remember having a, oh boy, this is the type of game that we're playing, huh? Yeah, and no spoiler, I guess in this one, there's there's one police officer who's like destroyed and he apparently clawed some other person's face with his hands like and ripped off his nails and ripped off the guy's face. So it's not like, oh, he punched him and he broke his like head or something. It's like, no, no, no. They're being ripped apart by people's hands. It's yeah, a very, is... very rated M game and I think it would deserve it because of the, so... the gore. Yeah. So I, I think on that note, Mo, one of the things that we discover over the course of this uh, over the course of this warehouse is that there was a bullet fired from a sniper at these nerve gas canisters. Um, it clearly made some people lose their minds, have some crazy reactions. And then you have to find where the sniper was shooting from. You get there, you find uh, you find a guy. And he takes a swing at you, and that's when you have your fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before, just I don't want to. I don't want to just slowly just go back a little bit. When you see the chemicals that have been exploded by that bullet that was shot from a vantage point, because that's eventually what you're trying to solve. Like what happened here, and you come to that conclusion. Did you guys realize who may be responsible for this when you heard chemicals? Because I initially kind of. Went to my can, head. Can we say it on three? Because I think I I know exactly who I was thinking of. Okay. So who One, do you think is responsible? Two, three, scarecrow. scarecrow. Okay, so we all think it's the same thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, but that's that's one of the things where it's almost that prejudice. Like, do you? It, it could might not be him. It might be like um, Falcon Car- Carmine Falcone. He could be bringing the stuff in. But immediately, I go, this is definitely something Scarecrow involved, and I hope it is because another big villain from the Batman series. Yeah, because what's cool about the Batman series is I I feel like whoever takes control of the IP like gets to have their own way, which includes adding new villains in that tie into the universe. I mean, look at the Arkham games, Arkham Knight. They made their own villain who's brand new to the fiction, and they tied him into the universe in a new way. So like maybe Scarecrow's not responsible, but that's exactly where my brain went, 100%. Yeah. Um, third choice happens right after you discover the sniper, after you beat him up a little bit. Um, you hang him up by his by his feet and start to question him, and that's when you're given the choice to, you know, either brutalize him to make sure that he'll never shoot a gun straight again by breaking his arm, or just by like you know questioning him like right. a, like a nice soft boy. Yeah, I broke his arm. I broke his arm, <laughs> and I I gave him mercy. 
Um, one Weird. of the biggest, yeah. And the thing is, this this decision was split down the middle for me in terms of what everyone else did. It said fifty one point three percent of people showed him mercy and didn't break his arm. Now, mm-hmm. remind me if I'm because I'm not sure if I remember. Um, did do you break his arm when the police get there before or after, or was it as soon as they walk in you make that decision? It is like seconds before the police come in. But you know they're there, right? You hear them coming, I think, okay. or you you start to hear things. I don't know if you see them yet, but like you know they're coming, so you're like, I need this info. Let's either break it or leave it. Okay, yeah, and that's where that that's the reason why I did my decision was I I saw Gordon was there, and I think there was a police officer there too, and I said, you know what, if they're gonna show up, I want to make sure he's not like super injured because I'm gonna get that bad rap because police right now still are iffy iffy with me and still think of me as a vigilante. Actually, don't you get do you get shot at this point, or was it a different time when you get shot? I think I the uh, lieutenant's second, the uh, second hand, yeah. or like next of command, threatens to shoot you, um, and you can decide whether or not to like be sassy yeah. to her back. But um, I think you you don't get shot here. Yeah. But um, I think it's I, I'm probably misquoting it, but I think like Jake Vanneman, who did the first season of The Walking Dead, who went on to make Firewatch, who went on to now work at Valve, he had said that in the Telltale games, the best decisions and what they try to do most of the time were get to those decisions that were fifty fifty, yeah. that were so difficult that half the audience went one way and half the audience went the other way, and it looks like for the most part. Um, most of these these decisions were pretty one sided, whereas this one about the arm break is is almost fifty fifty down the middle. Yeah, for me, it was that yeah, exactly. This one was the only really fifty fifty. Everything else was skewed like thirty percent at least one way, seventy percent the other. So how did the cops react? Because I know that um, Gordon was actually pretty mad. He's like, "You didn't have to do that. Why did you do that?" He didn't need to have his arm broken. What did did Gordon react in a certain way to you? I can't remember exactly, but it was very. It was not as bad as that. Like he didn't yell at me. I was always in his good graces, um, and it was never like he was always like um, he had, he was on my side the entire time. Like um, you should get out of here or whatever it might be. And I can't remember exactly. And I wish I could. Um, okay, but yeah, it wasn't anything like what you got. So that concludes the fourth chapter of episode one. The fifth chapter opens in the Bat Cave, where the hard drive that you recovered from Hamilton Hill's office um, has been fully decrypted. Uh, but before you get to the data that's on it, um, you get this little interstitial um, with Alfred and some movie tickets uh, that have a very significant role in your childhood and what kind of goes on to be or. The reason why you become Batman, right? And this is the point where we feel, or, or I think where we realize the story might not be as, you know, cut and dry and, you know, uh, template as we expect, mm-hmm. right? Did you guys, is this is the moment where you guys also felt that? Yeah. Where you felt like it might not actually be a lie? Yeah, where like in, in most fiction and having literally seen the Joker, the movie, like last week, where... It's kind of the first piece of fiction where I found that Thomas Wayne was kind of villainized a little bit. Yeah. And this is the second, and I've not seen it in any other piece of the fiction, where Thomas Wayne is maybe a bad dude. Mm-hmm. I refuse like, to believe it. I refuse to believe it. I still hold Thomas is a good guy and there is a reason. He's probably being threatened. Martha Wayne is probably being threatened and he needed to save his family by having some kind of seat at the table. That's my position on it. Mm. At this Interesting. point. Interesting. So what do we what do we find out in this flashback, Jacob? Uh, so when Alpha presents you the the tickets, you essentially start to realize that maybe you didn't know your dad as well as you thought you did, and you're given the option to either let the tickets go or to take the tickets in and say like, no, this is this is part of me. And that choice doesn't really fit in, but it's it's something nice that just shows you maybe foreshadowing where the story's going. No, I don't remember that. All I know is when you get back to the Batcave, you kind of are finished deciphering that hard drive. And you have the information on like who's, um, who's who, and you're able to identify that on that hard drive is convicting, I guess, evidence for Carmine Falcone as a major mob boss in the city. Whereas before, he's always been able to get away. There's never been hard evidence, but you've found all of this evidence, which was being held by Hamilton Hill, and it almost seems like he had it as like blackmail or potential like bar- like bartering tools to like in case. Something went more sour between him and Carmine Falcone, who we think right now are currently working together to take down Bruce Wayne, who's helping Harvey Dent win the mayor's office. And that's kind of the big storyline in the current episode. Um, so with that information, is this 
do we get to the major decision? Like once you have it all hacked, do you give it to your good buddy Jim Gordon, uh, the lieutenant at the police, or do you give it to the news reporter Vicky Vale? And this is, I think, the is this the one of the major decisions? I guess because it gives you that split option, like go this way or go the other. Yeah, and I don't. Okay, so I'm just gonna say it. I don't understand why anyone gave it to Gordon. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone gave it. To I Gordon. gave it to Gordon. I don't understand why. I need you to explain. I, I gave it to Vicky, just for the record. Mo, who'd you give it to? I gave it to Vicky. Okay. So I gave it to Jim Gordon because I felt like I okay, was a dog who peed here. on the carpet uh, when I broke that man's arm. And Jim uh, Gordon was like, hey, you're bad. So I guess I had this immediate reaction where I'm like, I need to get back in Jim Gordon's good graces. People so I'm like, oh, the police will solve this because that's what the police do. Uh-huh. The media will not do it. Gotcha. Yeah. So... Mo, get, let me just see if you're you and I are on the same page here, right? Okay. Here is my thought process. If I give this evidence to Vicky, it gets published in all the newspapers, and the police get that evidence anyways. If oh, I dang. give it to uh, if I give it to Gordon, it might get lost in the bureaucracy of a corrupt police department. Even if he is the only good cop on the force, or if, even if he isn't the only good cop on the force, we know Gotham is racked by corruption and would likely not be able to go anywhere from there. Yeah, and then the one thing my girlfriend also brought up too, if you give it to Vicky, the police will have to investigate because the information is exactly. everywhere. So you've given it to both. Public like pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you give it to Gordon, just like the, the, the warrant at Bruce Wayne's Manor, it could get shut down. He doesn't make the decisions. That's kind of where my, my head was at, right? What Kind of where Mike was. Jacob, defend yourself. Oh, dang. <laughs> That's my defense. Okay. Wait, uh, let, me, let me just also add in the devil's advocate as to why I didn't think it was as much of a slam dunk as I think it should be. Um, so for the record, 27.6% of players chose giving it to Vicky like Mo and I did. So we are definitely in the minority. Yeah. I feel like we were. Yeah. yeah. Don't shame me. No, but I look, you're, you're, in, you're, we were with the sheeple. Is what I'm <laughs> is what I'm saying. Okay, um, my position here is like we come in with a lot of bias, knowing that Jim Gordon's a good guy, and at least I didn't know anything about Vicky Vale coming into this. So I was like, oh, I mean, I feel like I should be able to trust Jim Gordon. I feel like I should be able to, and I definitely don't know if I can trust Vicky. She could just like stab me in the back. But when I weighed the two sides of it, I was like. If I give it to Vicky, she, Jim has to find out. Um, and that's ultimately what pushed me there. But, you know, we come with, like, a deep reverence and love for, for Officer Gordon. And that's not something that uh, was easy to put aside in that decision. Yeah, and I think that's what also skewed a lot of people in making their decision. Because, like, I, I don't I don't know what kind of people are playing the Batman Telltale series. If you just see him as a police officer, Gordon, who's always trying to get the bad guys and, like, doing his job, that kind of seems appealing. Like, give it to him. He's the guy who's going to solve it. The, re- the one negative thing about Vicky is she's just a reporter. She could be in Carmine Falcone's pocket as well. And, uh-huh. one, and one of the reasons why I kind of went with Vicky was because I read that initial screening of hers. She's going for the truth. She's always trying to get the right thing. Like, And it was the lesser of two evils, essentially, because with Mike, like the Jim Gordon issue, it's going to get squashed. Carmine might get that information and like f- find something to counter it. If it goes to Vicky, everyone finds out, including the police. It's the best kind of possible scenario based off the information in the game. And um, I guess the negatives kind of weighed out kind of what's the, the best of the two. Mm-hmm. So you decide to give it to either a Jim Gordon or Vicky Vale. And once you've given that, you then know that like Carmine Falcone is my enemy. I need to go and get him. Well, Whether that's extract well, more info or whatever. Well, the biggest thing is like you need to go and like kind of figure out why is everyone trying to take down the Bruce Wayne name? Like it's definitely Carmine's fault. He's driving. He's the one that's making the decisions to take us down. He's working probably with Hamilton Hill because we're winning the election. Like that's See, I think yeah, the motive. I didn't think it was as crystal clear who was trying to take take Bruce yes. Wayne down because I felt like it's just as likely that it's Hamilton Hill um, seeing me as or me as Bruce being the the reason that Harvey Dent has a chance. So if they take me down and they smear me, 
you know, Harvey's taking money from the corrupt as well. He's no better than the current administration. He just has less experience, et cetera, et cetera. He's not my white knight. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes and early on knight. they dropped off the like little hints that maybe there is some badness with uh, Bruce Wayne's dad because like one of the things Falcone said was like your father always knew like what hands to shake. Your father did this right, blah, blah, blah. It could have been lies. It could have been whatever it is. But it, every single like I guess episode or chapter, they kind of drop that. Like maybe – he wasn't bad with people. Maybe he wasn't the real um, um, true knight as the Waynes were kind of d- depicted as in all the other different Batman series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go to Carmine, you go to his club, which is at the top of a skyscraper, and you get your drone, uh, which is a cool thing that you get to see through the actual club and identify where the baddies are in the club. You identify where they are. The baddies. The baddies. Okay. I'm also four years old. <laughs> you identify the baddies. You scan them. You, and this is the first point in the game where you really get to do the strategic planning of like what, how you're going to attack them, which if you've listened to our Detroit Become Human uh, podcast, very similar mechanic where you plot out exactly how you're going to do something and then you kind of execute it and then start the QTE sequence. So you plot, plot out your attack for the guys that have the weapons, and then you start and attack all four guys with the weapons, and then enter Carmine Falcone's office, right? Yeah, it's. I think was this the fir- this is the first time where you kind of do that planning out, where you kind of you'll target yes. a, a bad guy, and then you'll target maybe like the table next to him, and that's what you bash his head in. Uh, I thought it was really cool, especially with the limited like the mechanics of a Telltale game. I enjoyed it, even though there wasn't too many options as to how to brutalize people. Yep. It was very like, but it was a cool change of pace and a different way of playing. It made it, I think, really great. I think it made it more Batman than yes. Action Hero because Batman is all about being prepared and planning. And they could have just easily jumped into it where you, you know, crash on top of the guy outside in the balcony and then, you know, fight your way in. And because you're Batman, you win. But I think the thing that made this extra Batman was like, oh, yeah, the planning process is part of that. He's not he's not Superman. He doesn't beat them with just raw strength. He beats them with preparation. Yeah. And look, I think we can all say that although the combat has a lot of excellent choreography to it, where you're like, oh, dang, like somebody like spent the time to choreograph this fight. I think technically there are some like really split second load times that may be a little bit jarring at times. I don't know if you guys experienced that where it's like little load time, little load time, and sometimes it even chugs a little bit. Yeah, that was definitely like throughout the game. Um, I, I I almost want to say if it wasn't like a Batman game or if it, was, it wasn't something that I really cared about, maybe I'd have a more of like an issue with it. But I kind of just brushed it under the, the rug and kind of went along with it. The one thing that kind of not... It kind of annoyed me, I guess, was there was an option. Once you've planned out your attack, like you're going to take all the four guys out without had guns, there was an option to be like, are you ready or do you want to go back? So I'm like, why would I want to go back? But let me just do it anyway. So I went back and there was nothing else to do. Like there's nothing to click on, no interaction, no graffiti to look at as we've done in the previous levels. It was very just like an option just to have an option, not doing anything to the game. Yeah. So you beat up the four guys with the weapons, you enter Falcone's room he has uh, his own turret in the room, apart from a machine gun. So he starts to shoot you. You guys fight. He pulls out his turret, and then your drone shoots out part of the wall, and that's what kind of incapacitates Falcone to the point where you can start to question him, to say, like, why the heck, what is going on here? Why are you doing this to my family? And that's when you're kind of given the, the last choice of episode one. So can someone set up that choice? So essentially, like you said, you've you've immobilized Falcone, you're face to face with him, the wall has been broken off the skyscraper, there's a helicopter flying around, which I think is the news reporters, and they're kind of have a camera right on you. I think the police are coming in too or something, like they're about to arrest you, or not arrest you, but they're trying to figure out what's they're going on. They're taking the, the stairs up to the penthouse. Yeah. yeah got some and, time. And Falcone is kind of laughing at you, as he's already kind of told you, yeah, I was your family with me. Me and you were both like buddies, like your dad was a family member, we took care of you, he stitched me up whenever. I was hurt or whatever. And he, just telling you that essentially your dad is a bad guy and I was friends with him. And now the world is watching you. What are you going to do, Batman? Yeah. And also to get your answers. Yeah. And also he's like, it's fine. If they get me, I'm going to be out. My lawyers are get me out by tomorrow because I'm a big deal. I'm Carmine Falcone. Yeah. And uh, that's when you're given the choice to either brutalize him, 
uh, or what is the other option? It's kind of like just hanging by some rebar over over the infinite expanse of ground. You have them arrested, yeah. So brutalize yeah. or don't, essentially. Because essentially there's a, a uh, like a television helicopter filming your every move live mm-hmm. uh, because the Batman at that point, his legend is like starting to really rise in Gotham. So they're like, oh, it's the Batman. What's he going to do with Carmine Falcone? So what'd you guys do? I brutalized him. I, th- I threw him through a Ooh. spike of metal. Get out of here! Really? Stabbed in the stomach with like a. There's like, literally does he like survive. A big yeah, piece he does. of rebar. Yeah, Damn. it's it's a giant like spike from like the construction of the wall kind of yeah. thing, and I drop him through it. Okay, Jacob, what do uh, you do? You guys already know what I did. You big bad wolf did. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. I brutalized the heck out of him. I was like, Batman's reputation needs to be clean, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. I was like, the cops are going to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And we were, me and Mo were among like feel a very small percentage of players that like did that. Yeah. Only like 18% of players brutalized Frock Falcone and I immediately regretted it. Really? Yeah. Why did you regret it? Because I, I feel like I went too far because uh. Gordon at first was like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? And then the news in the final scene, it's not playable to cut scene like the fifth, uh, sixth part of this episode where they just run through and they're like, Batman, he's a monster. Yeah. He continues to terrorize the city where I'm like, oh, maybe I just went a little bit too far yeah. where I can break an arm when there's no camera there. Yes, exactly. But maybe I, I should hang him up. That's, that's where I was at. So maybe was I'm like, a neutral. As long as they don't know what is necessary to get the job done i, I stuck to my roots i'm gonna be batman but like with uh, within reason so you're sending because, him to the hospital so yeah <laughs> essentially and it went out and came out fine because in my news story or whatever it's like because i remember i gave the information to vicky vale to like have all the information go out public so everyone kind of knows he's a shitty person um he's a bad guy and in every instance it's like what about falcone it's like i never invited him i don't associate with him so when i did that to him in the news story afterwards they're like yeah but batman was caught like doing this but maybe he did deserve it because he's been a responsible for all these different like murders and crimes and he's going to jail blah 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 so it wasn't a total like shutdown of oh look at batman he's scary it was more so like he did it but at least someone did like maybe the police wouldn't have kind of storyline so it came out positive in my end i think because i like i gave it to vicky i was very honest true and all the time but then when it came down to hurting bad people i hurt him and i'm not gonna hide and be some fake batman kind of thing yeah, and so the final chapter, that cutscene, not only takes in consideration the Falcone choice, but as you guys have mentioned, it takes the Vicky Vale choice into account as well. And then the final part of it is when Bruce confronts Alfred about all the rumors going around about the Wayne family. And where is this episode kind of left before you get the coming up next time on Batman the Telltale series? Did Bruce, Bruce confronts Alfred at the end, but does he get anything out of him or no? Um, it was, I think he just kind of confirms everything that Falcone was saying that, you know what, your, your dad did have to do bad things, but it was necessary because that's how he kind of wants to write the ship. He's like, I didn't want to ever tell you, but I knew this day was coming and I just regret that it's like now, but we have to kind of get through it. And you kind of are deciding, do you forgive Alfred? Do you like, what do you do from here? Yeah. I was so pissed at Alfred. I was so pissed. I, does that conversation happen in episode two? I think that part of it happens in one, gotcha. and then the way that two opens is you're going through like the the alleyway that your parents were murdered in, and that's when you find out more about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I will save my thoughts on uh, how I handled Alfred for the next episode. Sounds good. So, so far, we're having fun? Yeah. I I'm, really I'm enjoyed it. it so far. I'm digging it. Um, this first episode felt quite long. For It took me about two hours to get through. Mm-hmm. Um but the remainder kind of flew by. Yeah. I, I think this actually took me closer to two and a half hours, which is something I was surprised because episode yeah. two is less. It's like yes. maybe 90 minutes at the most. At the most. I think it may. Yeah, it was an hour, hour and just a little over for me for episode two. Okay. Well, those are our thoughts about episode one of Telltale's Batman. Uh, if you want to find out more about what we do at the Left Behind Game Club, you can find out all that information at leftbehindgame.club. You can find us on Twitter at Left Behind Club or Instagram at Left Behind Game Club. Now, if you want to talk about the game as we are releasing episodes, where would the best place to do that be? The Discord server. If you go to Left Behind Game Club, 
com or leftbehindgame.club. Both URLs work. There's a big fat button in the middle that allows you to hop right into the Discord server, share your thoughts with people in our hashtag spoiler thread, um, and, you know, compare your choices to everyone else's. See if you had a different take on it. I think Mo and I are pretty much very solidly in the camp of you give it to Vicky, but I think that's a pretty contentious decision. So I want to hear more thought processes and justifications as to why people went, you know, good old Jim O'Gordo. Um Mo, what other big buttons can people hit in the middle of our website? We got a nice little handy donate button. If you're feeling generous and want to help out the show, this will cover like hosting costs for us. Uh, very optional. We'd love your help and your support. But what's more helpful is if you recommend our podcast to any one of your friends, we'd love that too. Mo, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they do that? You can find me at leftbehindgame.club when you follow that Discord button to the server. I'm very active in there. And on all my social media platforms at mrtoddy. Mike, if people want to find you streaming and on the internet, where can they do that? You can find me on most social places online at Ruffalo M. You can find me at michaelruffalo.com and .ca. And you can also find me in the Discord server. I don't have as much free time as I'd like to hop in there and discuss, but when I do have a moment, that's where I go. And then if people want to watch you stream this game, uh, where can they do that? Twitch.tv slash M. I think my playthroughs are up there archived as VODs. You can see some of my reactions live and in the moment, and I'll continue to pop in there and, and do them live where I have uh, the time. Jacob, where can the people find you at? They can find me at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. If you check me out on Twitter, I'm posting clips and uh, screenshots from the episode. So if you're not into watching uh, Twitch, you can see a little bit on Twitter. Fantastic. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. 